What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of A Yank in a Suite, a Premier League podcast. Although today we will not be talking anything about the Premier League. It will be FA Cup. It will be European football. But I'm Sebastian Orin, your Swede, with me, Elliot Nivlock, your Yank. And Elliot, uh, we've just seen the conclusion of the fifth round in the FA Cup today as Manchester United took a 2 nothing win over Chelsea. Hurrah! Hurrah! So now things are finally starting to heat up quite nicely here. We are just had the quarterfinal draw. And uh, before we get into that, let's uh, sort of look over the games here that we had in the fifth round. I do think that Manchester United-Chelsea, that is the, that was the most intriguing game on paper ahead of this round. And although the game itself didn't really live up to it, I'm happy because yeah, it's kind of kind of over by the halftime whistle. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy because United won. Uh, Chelsea's troubles continue. They did get a two-to-one uh, win over Malmo in the Europa League on Thursday, but then another defeat here against one of their, you know, rivals. You would yeah, say. I think most of their fans will take that as small consolation. Oh, the Malmo game, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they are now knocked out of the FA Cup. And uh, I saw a story today. I think it was from the Daily Mail, so take it for what it is. But that Zinedine Zidane is now uh, rumored to take over if Sarri would get the boot. Wow, boy. Scoop him from United, huh? Mm -hmm. But he apparently, this is, you know, like I said, once again from the Daily Mail, Sidon wants a uh, 200 million pound war chest over the summer, and he wants them to keep Hazard if he's going to take the job. Well, and that may probably mean a new contract to the tune of something north of 400,000 a week. Oh, yeah. And even, even then, I mean, just the fact of bringing in Zidane might convince Hazard to stay um you know <laughs> can't go to the Galacticos bring the Galacticos manager to you yeah uh but I I don't I don't put a lot of stock in that I would be surprised um if Zidane I mean because we we spoke about this previously I would be surprised if Zidane took a managerial position in midstream right I don't think that he's gonna accept a role that's gonna see him jump on to Chelsea in the middle of the season. We talked about it with United previously. I still think that holds true. Yeah, no, this, uh, would, his be a negotiating summer, this would be a summer thing. Yeah, so his negotiating position is far too strong. Now, of course, they sack Sarri, they appoint an interim manager, and then line up Zidane. Uh, of course, Zidane's agent must be just chomping at the bit here, right? Because both... Manchester United and potentially we should talk more about this, but potentially Chelsea with managerial vacancies at the same time, that is a negotiating wet dream for somebody whose client is you know, save Pep Guardiola who's obviously under contract and successfully so, the most in-demand manager in the world right now. Yeah, and I think the agent, because you know, when all the rumors surrounding Manchester United came up, he's like, uh, well, you know, my client might not might not be super interested in taking a job in England and blah, 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 blah. And I think that's just 
part of the tactics to <laughs> be like, well, what if we give you this much money? Will you come to England if you get this blank check from us? Yeah, yeah. So, blank uh, checks from billionaires are things that it's hard to turn down. Yeah, but I, I do think that if Chelsea miss out on top four spot, sorry, might be gone. It just, that's the kind of feeling I'm getting right now. Yeah, I I have to say I agree with you on that. And, and it's this, harsh. This I mean, all these teams are good. Like, if you look yeah. at the top six, that's a good bunch of teams. Yeah, but, I mean, 6-0, that's rough. Yeah, that hurts. 4-0 yes. Southampton, yep. though. Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth, yeah, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, no, that hurts. Absolutely, and I think that... That could be what tips the scale too. I I mean the thing is though it's a little strange to talk about that tipping the scale when we're now so far down the road from it, right? But also, um, you know, can't pretend that this loss to United happens in a vacuum. Uh, and I think that some, even though you know the game was pretty much well and truly won, Mamo did pull one back, you know, so. It's not as though that that game was totally uh, they they haven't kept they haven't kept a clean sheet since Huddersfield. Now they hammered Huddersfield. Yes, right. But that's what they should have done with Malmo too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you should have at least kept it interesting against City. And then, sure, a two nothing defeat against United isn't the end of the world, but in the broader broader you know, scheme of things here. If you take a look at their last month or so, I still, it's not good enough. Yeah. And I, I wonder too, because there's, there is that, uh, the league cup final, which we mentioned previously on our last show. And so what is the logic, right? Is the logic, okay, this is the moment at which a manager we know to be quality can redeem himself. Or is the logic, what we know from the recent past that Pep Guardiola has not only one, but a handful of Sarri's number, and they're going to have to get somebody else in there to have a prayer of lifting that trophy at the end of the 90 or 120. I have a hard time seeing... If you're going full out on Sidon and you really want that top manager manager name, even if it's not Sidon, but you want one of the upper echelon managers, then that's the summer thing. And I, yeah. don't, I don't know if you're going to get a good enough push from switching things up here for the last third, roughly, of the season. I think you give Sorry this season. If he wins the League Cup, if they finish fourth, he should probably he should get another chance. Well, but, I mean, there's the, the flip side, right? If you're Roman Abramovich and if these... Uh, mysterious, dodgy, tabloid conversations between Zidane's people and Stamford Bridge are actually happening. Huge if, large asterisk, all of the asterisks, a constellation of asterisks. But let's just say that that is the case, right? If that is the case, then now is the time to fire him, right? Because if you have a chance of landing that white whale in Zinedine Zidane and pipping United for doing so, right? It doesn't matter how well, you know... uh, regardless of United's current success under their interim manager, Chelsea signing Zidane would be huge. They would want that. And so maybe from Abramovich's perspective, now this is, again, that 
murky, dangerous area of cheering against your own club. Perhaps owners are more willing to do it for financial reasons than supporters. But regardless, you know, maybe he doesn't want Sorry to get that because the big profile name, you know, maybe he sees that as better in the long term. So now, no, you know, not no one, but many Chelsea fans will be not merely satisfied but thrilled if Sorry were to be sacked today. Perhaps Abramovich doesn't want him to have the chance to to better himself in the course of the season if the Zidane talks, again, big if, are actually on the table. Yeah. yeah it'd be interesting to see, though. I mean, who do you – do you just lift up the assistant? Do you – I mean, who's going to come in? Are you going to say, hey, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, come here. <laughs> come here and coach the team for the last couple of games here. Uh, I'm, hey, I think... hey, John Terry, you never coached before. Do you want, do you oh, want to give God. it a go? Hey, Terry Henry, he had a great time his first go-around, didn't he? Yeah. So, no, sorry, Terry. It's uh, it's interesting. We'll, we'll see how things shake out there, but more and more rumors surrounding Sorry here and his future at Stamford Bridge. Uh, let's uh, run down the other games in the fifth round of the FA Cup. Watford took a 1-0 win over at QPR. Brighton defeated Derby County 2-1. Millwall. One nothing win over AFC Wimbledon on the road. So Millwall punching uh, with the big boys here in the quarterfinals. Manchester City defeated Newport County four to one on the road. Wolves one nothing win on the road against Bristol City. Crystal Palace also a road win two nothing over Doncaster. Swansea defeated Brentford four to one at home, and then like we said, United two nothing win on the road against Chelsea. So a lot of the road teams winning here. But. Yeah, I've got I've got some empathy for uh, Brentford in this one, having gone one nil up in the 28th minute, uh, and then to only first concede an own goal, and then go down, and then red card and two more goals for Swansea. So this this is a shame because Brentford were well and truly in this match throughout the entire first half, you know, came into halftime with the lead, and boy, that sure is not the story the scoreline tells. Nope, not at all. So we got the quarterfinal draw here today, and it shakes out as following. Swansea will take on Manchester City. Watford play Crystal Palace. Wolves play Manchester United. And Millwall play at home against Brighton. So the games will be played between the 15th and 18th of March. Yeah. Uh, I, boy, I mean, you've got to, at this point, anything less than a City United meeting would be a shock at this point, right? Uh, I think that you expect both the revitalized Inform United and, of course, Pep Guardiola's City to be able to take care of business with any of the other six quarterfinalists. Yeah, I mean, yes. And that would be a pretty cool ending to the season as well. Gosh, boy, what a... Uh, yeah, that, that would really be be quite the finale. It's interesting to think about it in terms of following, of course, the conclusion of the league campaign, you know, on the one hand, if you're a United fan, you, know, you don't want either Liverpool or City to win the league, obviously, no. our rivals. But let's say, well, 
City win the league. Well, okay, maybe they they have a last push and then they're deflated from it and you got a better chance at them for the cup, but then also you could have them do the double over you, which would be obviously just the the nightmare scenario. Yes. But Uh, I think that would also give them extra fuel. If that's even possible, because they play mm -hmm. City, they shouldn't have to get any extra fuel. But Mm -hmm. keeping them from getting a double or a triple or whatever it might be. Yeah. It's it'll be it'll be interesting regardless. I think that you know, my money is and I'm not that not that I condone FIFA corruption in any way or would speak ill of the FA, but I'm going to speak ill of the FA. Yeah, we'll see who gets picked in that pot. We'll see if they meet in the semis or if they meet in the final. We'll mm. see. <laughs> Well, they got to take care of business here first. Although, yes, favorable draw for Manchester City playing against Swansea. Wolves, that's not a gimme game for United, but I still hold them as favorite. We'll see if Millwall can keep, uh, you know, doing good things here. I think Brighton, that's the best they could have hoped for, really, apart from Swansea. Yeah, I agree. I think that, and even over and against Swansea, um, no offense, Gulls. But also another grain of salt, right, that they defeated AFC Wimbledon in the last round, a lower opposition team who they have never lost against and now continue that perfect club head-to-head record. Um, so, yeah, I of course, it's, it's fun to watch the, the smaller, quote-unquote, smaller clubs, the lower division clubs, try to punch a little bit above their weight class. Um of course, it's a little harder to get behind this Cinderella story uh, with being marred by some uh, unfortunate violence, some uh, knife violence from some Millwall fans a couple weeks ago. But you know, they're not—they're not all as bad as their worst. So, good on the club. Happy to see them. You know, keep your knives in your pockets from here on out, please, boys. Yep. No, that's definitely true. I—I I forget what I—I I saw this on Twitter today. I. Fortunately, I didn't save the tweet, but Brighton is the, if it was number 28 or 29 of the richest football clubs. In England or the world? The world. That is staggering. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm trying to find it here, but yeah, it was either 28 or 29. I, I remember Benfica were 30th. Uh, let's see here. Okay, here's the list. Uh, it comes from Swiss Ramble. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so Brighton, 29th. That is, uh, wow. I, I, I would have guessed that they would have been, mm, I don't know. Mid fifties, sixties. Although let's be real, I pay attention to the football on the pitch and the football on the balance sheets only, insofar as it impacts the football on the pitch. So I'm no Forbes expert on this. Yeah, so it's from the how do you say this? Deloitte's Deloitte 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 yeah Deloitte Deloitte's Football Money League, and it's for the 2017-18 accounts. So you had Real Madrid. 
won Barcelona, Manchester United, Bayern Munich, Manchester City, PSG, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, Juventus, Borussia Dortmund, Atletico Madrid, Inter, Roma, Schalke, and Olfier, uh, Everton, Milan, Newcastle, West Ham, Napoli, Leicester, Southampton, Crystal Palace, Sinit, St. Petersburg, Besiktas, mm-hmm. Sevilla, Olympic Lyonnais, and then Brighton, and then Benfica. Wow. That means Brighton are more valuable than every team in Belgium. Yes. Oh, sad for Anderlecht. Yeah. I mean, there's... Yeah, I would not put them in the top 30, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, I, I would be shocked by that. But, you know, we get a little more in the coffers after the quarterfinals, too. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Yeah, Billy, I mean, overall, it wasn't a bad draw. It's not the... There's, I mean, there's... Is there, there any game there, that you think really jumps out, or...? N- no, it's the... I mean, it's as I said, everybody's going to have an eye for when we assume City and United to meet. Uh, maybe there'll be an upset. I don't see it happening. I agree with you, though, that Wolves is probably the hardest draw in here for United save City um, out of those remaining seven teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the real... At this point, we're just looking to see when the Manchester clubs likely meet one another uh, and if Millwall, as quote-unquote minnows, can make it all the way to the semis. Uh, I mean, I think it would be... The thing is, though, that let's say Millwall do advance. That's going to be a real tense draw from the Manchester perspective because you've got to assume that that's practically a shoe in. I mean, that I'm again, I realize I'm not, maybe not doing a ton of justice to the quarterfinals themselves because I keep projecting into the semis and the finals. But boy, if Millwall make it through, uh, and then assuming City and United make it through, uh, that Millwall against, you know, one of the top teams in the world semifinal will be mouthwatering indeed, even though I'm sure all the bookies will agree that Millwall will get hammered. Yeah. But, you know, just the, the chance that they might. They might complete that Cinderella story and make it to the final at the expense of one of those clubs. That would really, that would really be a dream for them. Yeah, that's true. Okay, let's circle back to that United Chelsea game just for one second. We should say that both teams pretty much had the, uh, you know, their strongest lineups really. Um, but one thing that I found interesting was that despite Anthony Martial and Jesse Lingard being injured, Alexis Sanchez still started on the bench for United and didn't come in until the 73rd-ish minute. Well, I was going to say he came off the bench, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's gone. He's gone in the summer. That's inarguable. Uh, I think that the the thing that is most telling to me, and, and this is not speaking to Sanchez in particular, um, but it's just how how much more clinical United look now uh, and how that is contrast to Chelsea, right? Getting five of seven shots on target. Chelsea had 67% of possession, more shots than United, 11 to United 7, only managed to get two on frame. Um, but I don't know that, I don't know that that increase in clinical finishing is down to the absence of Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, he hasn't featured that much regardless, um, regardless of the manager. So, I mean, I, I think that, that story is pretty much a foregone conclusion. He's gone in the summer. 
Okay, well, we'll leave it at that then. And uh, let's move over to the Champions League where we got the second batch of the round of 16 leg ones to look forward to here. We got two games tomorrow, Tuesday, and then two on Wednesday. Kicking things off tomorrow, we got Lyon against Barcelona and then Liverpool against Bayern Munich. Nice little test here for Liverpool. Yeah, that's uh, the understatement of the round. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I uh, I had to work last week, so I missed a lot of the Champions League matches. But this is the creme de la creme. And you know, speaking of the kind of way that you jockey with how you cheer for or against your rivals and other competitions in order to see them fatigued, that's going to be really interesting from a Liverpool perspective. Uh, you know, as they try to make it back to a Champions League final without Karius in net and at the same time continue their push for the Premier League crown. Yeah, and Bayern, how are their form lately? Uh, we're, we're missing our former colleague, Pauly, here. He was the, uh, the resident expert on the Bundesliga. I mean, they've closed the gap on Dortmund. Uh, but they're they're still by their own extremely lofty standards, not nearly where they want to be. Uh, they're conceding; they've conceded more goals than any of the other top four in the Bundesliga, and uh, I think that that's really kind of their their weak point is that they are they are vulnerable. And what does Liverpool have? One of the most potent attacks in the world. Yeah. So. I expect Liverpool to really go for it at Anfield. I mean, that's Jurgen Klopp is not, uh, he's not Jose Mourinho by any means. Uh, they're going to try to get in behind, and they're going to try to get this tie, if not decided, at least tilting towards it after 90 minutes. Yep. Yeah, and then Lyon, I mean, that's a big ask of them to get something from Barcelona. Yeah, I I don't see that happening. Uh, I mean, and... and you know, again, speaking of the respective domestic leagues, obviously not Bundesliga in this case, but Barca have been, I mean, the the falling off since we were just speaking about him earlier, this falling off since Zinedine Zidane departed the Barnabao has been so precipitous as to suggest, yeah, he really is one of the greatest managers in the world because Barca are 10 points clear, I think, of Real. And, and I think Atletico is in second. Let me look here. Yeah, Barca are sitting on 54 points in La Liga to Real Madrid's 45 in third, Atletico in second at 47. I mean, they're, you know, it's not done and dusted, but they're as comfortable as you could hope to be, uh, scoring 61 goals so far this season in the... Uh, La Liga campaign, which is actually also interesting because although that is a lot, that is only two more than Liverpool in the Premier League mm-hmm. and a full 13 fewer than former Barca manager Pep Guardiola's Man City, yes. who have a whopping 74 in England. Mm-hmm. With, however, with a game in hand over, but still, nonetheless. Yes. Um, yeah, Leon don't have a chance. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully they can make it sort of interesting, sort of like what we, what we saw in the Real Madrid-Ajax game. That was only mm-hmm. a 2-1 to win for Real. 
So we'll see how things shake out there. Then Wednesday, we got Atletico Madrid against Juventus and Schalke against Manchester City. So Manchester City traveling to Germany. I don't know their German record right off top of my head. But they should win this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I can't I can't imagine that would not happen. <laughs> uh, I, I and again, like looking back at the Bundesliga standings, Schalke are, you know, again, I said Bayern's lofty standards, right? That's sitting in second place. Schalke are in 14th, and they have a negative goal difference. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, don't take the underdog on this one, folks. Okay, let's see here. I mean, and it's, it's a shame, too, because they're not a... You know, they're not a team without talent. It was not that long ago that uh, the future of Benteleb the, uh, was kind of the talk of you know, where he would land. He's just not really produced as much there. Yep. Um, and and I think that Rudy is kind of, Sebastian Rudy, that is, is the, uh, the kind of, he uh, one of the first names on the team sheet for Schalke and never going to be that much more than an extremely reliable staple, but nonetheless squad player for Die Mannschaft. Okay. So I found it here. They played in European competitions. They've played German sides on 19 occasions. They've won nine, drawn three and lost seven uh, goals for 34 goals against 27. So they'll be looking to uh, add on to that one. Maybe get some more goals for and another win. Atletico Madrid, Juventus, from a neutral perspective, I would think that would be the the most intriguing matchup on Wednesday. Yeah, by far. Uh, I, and I think that this is one, again, I was just speaking about La Liga table with Atletico sitting in second. Um, they're going to be... I don't know what the bookies are saying. I haven't looked at that. Um, yeah, what are the bookies saying? I would I would say that they're probably slight underdogs despite playing at home, just since Juve are undefeated in Syria A. Uh, and I don't think that anybody's going to make an argument saying that Syria A is quite as competitive as La Liga. Uh, there are obviously a lot of quality teams, quality players, but Juve has had a stranglehold on that league for the last few years. And they're continuing that dominance, but they may find it difficult to score. I mean, this is a game that I think, while the on-paper premier matchup could end up being a defensive struggle from Diego Simeone that ends up being a 1-0, maybe even a 0-0. Uh, um, okay, I mean, so I, I'm looking here at one of the bigger Swedish betting sites. And they do the decimal thing. So Atletico is 2.85. A draw is 3.05. And Juventus is 2.85. So they have the same odds as far as a win goes. Which is uh, kind of interesting. So they're sort of hedging their bets there. It's so funny to me that when teams are evenly matched, 
the line on either one winning is shorter than the line on them drawing. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> right? Because logically you would think, oh, okay, well, if they're evenly matched, then we're going to assume a draw. Now, granted, I understand that you, know, you consider goals as somewhat rare variables that change that analysis because, well, if it's going to be a draw, there have to be either no goals, which is considered statistically unlikely, or there have to be at least two goals, which is considered less statistically likely than one goal. But this is kind of the... Uh, I don't know, the deconstruction of sports betting that you've got to do when you look at these things with a grain of salt or two. No, that's true. And we should say, just for fun sakes here, let's look at the other games. Barcelona, 1.81. So they're heavy favorites against Lyon. You would get 4.5 times your money if Lyon wins that game and 4.05 for a draw. Uh, Liverpool, 2.22. Bayern Munich, 3.45, and then a draw, 3.55. Uh, Schalke, Man City. Man City, 1.28. I'm surprised, so it's, even, you would I'm have surprised to, it's even better than even money. So you would have to bet 100 bucks to win 28 bucks. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, now, yeah. I, yeah. now I'm understanding these ratios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so the decimal, think... for the decimal, <laughs> you just times it with your with your bet so we we use 100 just to make it easy i you should never bet 100 bucks on anything yeah um but yeah for for uh for keeping it sort of easy here because i'm no math genius that's for sure so to win 28 bucks you would have to put 100 bucks down on man city yeah that Uh, seems like a better ratio shalke would give you 12.5 times your money if they win and a draw 6.15 yeah, I like I said, I don't think they have a chance. Nope. Sorry. And that sort of shows that too. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Then we also got the Europa League, the uh, return legs there. So we'll talk about Chelsea and Arsenal. So uh, Chelsea, like we said, they, they got a win against Malmö. I think they're going to pull through. Although it's not as convincing as I thought it should have been in the first leg? No. Uh, I mean, but like I said, yeah, the fact that they gave up uh goal will be frustrating, but it's the... I, I, I don't see them dropping. No, especially not at know. home. You know, it, they're going to go through. The question is who's going to be sitting on the bench as the manager when they do. No. Yeah. And then we got Arsenal against Bate Borisov. Mm. So what happened that last game? It was the it was the worst Arsenal match I think I have ever seen. Ooh. Um, and now that's there's a qualifier here. This is not considering like the most tepid, the most frustrating, and the most ultimately disappointing because. It's very different from the, for example, moment I'm sure you'll be happier to relive, the 8-2 hammering at the hands of United. Yes. Um, I watch those highlights once a year. Oh, God. Basically. Don't tell me that. That makes me like you. They always do that. Oh, remember this day and blah, blah, blah. So, and that comes up every year. Of course it does. Of course it freaking does. Anyway. Yes. They, I mean, they dominated. They nearly... They had nearly eight-tenths of possession. Um, they had over a dozen shots. They only managed four on target. 
There were signs of danger throughout the first half. I mean, they dominated the first 10 minutes, but the entirety of their creativity moving forward was let's release our left wing back down the flank. And we created some chances down that left-hand channel, chances that should have been converted by Enrique Mkhitaryan and then Lacazette. And then afterwards, they settled into the game. They created chances of their own on the counter. Bate Borisov deserved to win this game. Uh, make no, no mistake about that. And it's infuriating. And Lacazette, so Lacazette also getting sent off in this match with a red, with a straight red. It's a little, it's a little annoying. Um, I mean, he was being he was being egregiously fouled. He was being fouled with a yellow card, which he then retaliated, and it, it rightfully got a straight red for it. I mean, because he was being held back. <laughs> the Borisov player like linked his arms around Lacazette's torso in a bear hug to keep him from moving forward, and Lacazette having. Missed a chance he really should have converted, having had a goal ruled off for ruled off for out, offside, ruled out for offside. Excuse me. Uh, he he was frustrated. We were all frustrated, and he threw an elbow. But he misses the second leg now. Now should Arsenal still manage to handle Bate Borisov without Lacazette in the starting lineup, playing at home with a one-goal deficit? Yes, they should. But this was. This was as bad, probably worse, than anything I can remember under Arsene Wenger. And I really hope that, you know, similar to that 4-0 Chelsea defeat I mentioned earlier, that I don't end up looking back on this game when the Emery out hashtag inevitably rises at some point and thinking, I hoped that was an aberration. I willed myself into believing that was an aberration. But actually, that was writing on the wall. They are huge favorites here for the second leg. If we look at the odds for this one, 1.13. So you would have to bet 100 bucks to win 13 bucks. Yeah. Well, Borisov, if they win this game, 23 times your money. <laughs> Boy, that might be a good bet to hedge in terms of my already extant emotional investment in Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, you just put it. <laughs> Just put a tenner on them. There you go. Yeah. Walk away with two hundred and thirty bucks. Yeah, we'll see. And you can drink your sorrows for that money. That's a lot of sorrows, although yeah. there would be a lot of sorrows. Yeah, there we go. Okay, well that's gonna wrap things up here for today. We'll talk to you again later in the week. As always, follow us on Twitter. I'm Zeb Norin. Elliot is Keats was better, and then give one yank one sweet a fall as well. Until next time, have a good one. Bye bye.